Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Whoa. Welcome to Cop On Podcast. Um, this is a poem called Rocket by Todd Boss. Despite that you wrote your name and number on its fuselage in magic marker, neither your quiet hours at the kitchen table assembling it with glue, nor your choice of paint and lacquer, nor your seemingly equally perfect choice of a seemingly breezeless day for the launch of your ambition, nor the thrill of its swift ignition, nor the heights that it streaks, nor the dancing way you chase beneath its dot across that seemingly endless childhood field will ever be restored to you by the people in the topmost branches of whose trees unseen it may yet from its plastic shoot on thin white string still swing We've been away for a while. Apologies. I've been working the macula out of my eyes while trying to find a place to live, uh, a conundrum that has now thankfully been solved. And speaking of solving conundrums, Liverpool season is still swinging from its thin white string after a passionate and top quality victory over Manchester City at Anfield. I'm joined by Nigel. I'm joined by Alan. Delighted to have you with us. And I'm going to be a 100% honest, uh, before that match, when I saw the teams, I gave us very little hope. Very, very little hope. Nigel, what about you before that match? Um, how were you feeling then compared to how you're feeling now after that beautiful, beautiful victory? Yeah, um, I just, I lived through, we all did, but just I lived through the soonest times. I lived through the Hodgson times. So this is a, this is a minor blip compared to those uh utter debacles so i wasn't like we're, we're we're not we don't become a bad team overnight uh so, like, so you were like, you, you were thinking we could win oh yeah oh, i said it to a few people i think we can win you know the, everyone was saying uh, i just seen chris uh quote by chris sutton there saying that manchester city could score five against liverpool at anfield which they haven't done since 1937 but um like you i, I always even when we were, even in the the times under Sunes, when we had lads like Julian Dix playing with us, and under Roy Hodgson, like say no more, like you don't become a, a bad team overnight. It's a bit like you don't become a good team overnight. And he made us a lot worse. So I'm happy enough. I was, I was trust the process, trust the players, and they did, they got the job done. They did get the job done. They did absolutely get the job done in 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 a most glorious way. I mean, I, I was screaming. Um, I actually screamed at one point when when Salah was was through and that one that Edison saved. Uh, high pitched squeal. Um, you know, you could have been. Uh, you know, it sounded it sounded like a like a baby really. That that sort of wail, a wailing scream. Uh, at that moment. And it's those kind of thrills and spills that Liverpool and Mo Salah um, give us. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing supporting Liverpool, Alan, isn't it? I mean, Mo Salah has, has now become Liverpool's eighth top goalscorer in, in, in league matches. Um, he moved above both Sam Raybould and Steven Gerrard, who both got 120 goals 
uh, for Liverpool in their careers. Um, Sam Raybould managed it in 211 matches. Steven Gerrard, Steven Gerrard in 504 matches. Mo Salah moved on to 121 goals in 189 league matches. Um, and the thrill was there. The fuzzy feeling was there. Mo Salah was, you know... Talk of his, I mean, the fact that he wasn't on form. I don't think he, I think, I don't think he's played badly at all this season. He's just been out of position. Um, but, you know, seeing him more central, being devastating, it brings the fuzzy feeling to the heart strings, doesn't it, Alan? Absolutely. And uh, like yourself, I never thought Mo was, was, was playing bad. Um, I've sick seen some fans on saying, oh, he's got his new contract. He's not, the, he's not putting it in. A load of BS. Mm -hmm. Mo Salah was played out in the, the sideline for the first part of the season. Um, yesterday, we played him nearer to goals, and look what happened. He destroyed He destroyed them. He could have had three or four goals, um, possibly should have passed for that one that he Edison saved. But yet, if we were in the bottom corner, what a goal. Um, Mo Salah is the best player I've seen for years and years and years. And to see him yesterday... To see him even, it, it, sorry, it goes, I'm losing my track here a bit. It goes to show how bad or how uh, negative the refereeing was on him yesterday. That when you see Mo Salah arguing and pushing players, you know there's something wrong. Because that man is so gentle. Um, but the passion in him, the fire in him, it was amazing. Every player yesterday was amazing. But for me, Salah, back to his best and shut up all the negative people. He really did. He shut them all up. Um, it was, it was it, the way he go through. I mean, what what were you doing, Anna? Were, did you did you stand up out of your seat? Were you leaning forward? Were you, you know, yes. were, you, were you clutching things, throwing them? Were you beating up your sofa? What were you doing when Mo Salah uh, scored? Yeah, well, I, I was actually uh, um, myself and the kids, uh, uh, my ex-wife were actually in the, the pub. We met up for for dinner and watched the match. Um, mm -hmm. So when you're in a in a in a pub as such, the atmosphere of other people shout and other fans and that. So I was the minute the minute Salah got the ball, I just stood up and I was shaking around the place. I just knew it was in. I just <laughs> knew he wasn't going to miss a second one like that, you know. It was amazing. And then to see um see some of the highlights there today, but you see, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a clip up on our group page there as well. Um the minute Salah wins that ball, Pep goes down to his knees on the sideline. He knew it was in, he knew it was a goal. Uh just it was brilliant. They uh, said when you're in an atmosphere of a, of a pub, um, the place erupted. Like you know, it was just fantastic. It was like being well, not a patch and being in Anfield, but close enough. Um, the minute, just the second he got that, I bet you two are the same. The second he turned them, I knew it was a goal. Simple as that. I, I had my hands in the air. I was watching it in the pub. Um, I had my hands in the air. My hands aloft. It was the second time he'd been put through, of course. And I, I, I knew I was, I was sort of doing the Virgil because I was in the back of the bar. I had my arms raised aloft before it hit the net because it, it was just. I was so certain. I was so yeah. certain. Even the way that Allison slipped when he kicked the ball is like, oh, hello, here we go again. Absolutely uh, wonderful uh, stuff. And uh, an an interesting stat that uh, I'm not into stats, as you know, you're the stat man for me. Um, uh -huh. My son, son Adam, said it to me yesterday, right after the goal. Uh -huh. He said that's three assists. Allison has got all three of them for Salah plus a goal. Like, what better goalkeeper can you have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no goalkeepers uh, got three assists. I, I don't know. The stat I saw was uh, since 2018 when he joined Liverpool. Uh, no, no. Yes, um, 
you know, no no goalkeeper's done that. Um, I've managed to get uh, finally. If you're watching on YouTube, I finally. Uh, sorry for being late. Um, I pressed the wrong button as I usually do. But now we're hopefully live. I can see that Doug's in the chat. And he says, "Get in, red men." Great stuff. And uh, he said he loved the crying filter on Bernardo Silva. That was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, there were loads of great memes going around. There's a sort of, you know, a, a chubbified Erling Haaland and Phil Foden that made me chuckle. Um, that was really, uh, that was really pretty funny. And uh, loads about Pep. Um, Nigel, do you think Pep overpepped it again by going three, three at the back? Well, uh, just to say, he's up for best supporting actor next year. <laughs> um, and uh, there yesterday, where am I? Oh, for God's sake! Uh, where's my camera? Well, like, so, we can hear you. We can see you. Yeah, no, that's you saw that earlier on, I presume. Oh yeah, for the listeners, yes, Nigel is holding up a picture of of Tiago with his boot between Erling Haaland's ghoulies, but they've changed the faces. I can't really see what because my camera is too small. What yeah. is it? Jorgen and Pep. Jorgen and Pep. So yeah, they yeah, they face swapped Tiago and uh, and Holland's faces for Jurgen and Pep. Jurgen giving Pep a kick in the ghoulies. Absolutely splendid stuff. Um, yes, superb. Uh, yeah, but what were you doing for the goal, Nigel? Were you running around? Uh, no, not quite. I was watching it here with my dad and uh, just uh, slightly shouted a little bit when it went in. <laughs> slightly. Um, yeah, listen. You were saying that do I think do I think Guardiola overdid it? Um, I think he just picks his teams and and hopes that they're well, not hopes, but thinks that they're going to be good enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like I said it last night on some of the chats, Anthony Taylor turned up yesterday in his blue Manchester City short, but City obviously hadn't read the script and changed shorts, but he didn't. Um, yeah, oh, damn right. God. What a what a disgraceful performance! Now somebody had but, said this morning at least he had at least he had the balls to go and look at the VAR, not like the guy against Arsenal the week before. Um, that that, that the guy apparently the week before had has complained to VAR about questioning questioning his decisions. Um, Oliver Michael Oliver has complained to, uh, about VAR questioning his decisions. And what do you mean? What do you mean? To, tell me again. Happy if somebody if a VAR ref or a VAR. Uh, says to him that they're they're like if it's an offside or if it's something like that or free or a penalty, and mm-hmm. he gives and he's he will apparently he's not too happy about uh, people questioning saying you should go and look at the camera and he won't. I he think that's that. absolutely arrogant, like hubris, absolute bullshit. That's absolutely shocking. Where did you hear that? Someone. Where did you hear it? Twitter yesterday. Somebody had said it on Twitter that he had said that he he does he wouldn't uh, that that he he took offence. To his decisions uh, being questioned, basically. Wow, he's wow. not alone. We I mean... take a lot of offence to his decisions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, he was disgraceful. Um, I, I mean, if that's true, because you can't trust what you know, Twitter. But I mean, sometimes it's true, and if that is true, then it's like they've they've completely got it wrong. I mean, let's let's talk about VAR and the decision. Pep was, uh, you know, this is Anfielding. He was, I think, he over he overcomplicated it, playing three at the back, changing their system when you know. When they were already, uh, you know, flying in the league, and you know, he he was obviously—I don't know if it was arrogance or just you know, bit pet being pet, but you know, he couldn't just leave it alone. He had to change the system up. But um, yeah, no, about the VAR that he was moaning about. Basically, the problem with VAR worldwide is that if it's a foul, it's a foul, okay, and if it's not, then it's not. And if on VAR, as you often can, you can see that it's a foul. 
compared to if for many reasons you can't see it when you're if as a live ref it's either too quick or you're not at the right angle then just use the technology to make the right decision it's so simple but there's such freaking idiots they don't even understand it and it's not just i don't want i want to be, make it clear it's not just the pgmol they're under instructions from the ifab the ifab who give all the instructions worldwide to all of the refs to basically not use the technology correctly to not use the technology like they do in rugby where you could see for example edison clearly saved mo salah's shot right if there was a logical and simple var process because there was an injury after that edison was down wasn't he so we saw the replays 10 times on tv you saw it was an incredible save by edison fair play to him. absolutely wonderful save and um you know but you they don't have the power to go into the ref's ear and say you've made a mistake because the system is absolutely jiggledy piggledy upside down topsy-turvy cake um and you know it should be better it should be better but we haven't got too much to complain about as i said before mo salah uh moved into eighth position we're in eighth position in the league uh eighth position as, as our all-time top scorer in league matches but then in all competitions he is also eighth um 165 goals now in all competitions uh what a legend he's only seven behind king kenny himself who's in seventh place on 172 goals but a couple more stats alan because i know you love the stats uh liverpool are now um actually i'll play it as a bit of a guessing game do you know how many games we've lost at anfield since losing the six in a row in a row between january and march 2021 how many games have we lost at anfield in the league since then in the premier league any idea anna because i didn't i didn't know no no Maybe idea shake. yeah okay any idea nigel how many games have we lost ah uh, he's holding up the big zero with his thumb and forefinger absolutely right yet yeah, the big zero so we're unbeaten in 28 premier league matches at anfield one 21 lost seven uh since losing six in a row i mean how mad is that um but alan you've got to give a lot of credit because because the the word that you know you could use to to describe yesterday's performance was was definitely defiant it was definitely defiant but the thing that really impressed me was that it was so aggressive i loved the way we we bullied them all over the park from from james milner and joe gomez to virgil all the way up front diogo jota was our top tackler. He made five tackles yesterday. He was absolutely superb. And this defiance and the aggression was the thing that that I loved from yesterday. What did you make of that or something else that stood out for you? Yeah, that, that is exactly what I taught yesterday. I taught everyone turned up yesterday as I, I expected to them. I, I was quite confident yesterday uh, going, going into the game. I was expecting, uh, I was predicting a 3-1 win. But I knew that players were going to turn up for that game. If they didn't turn up for that game, we were in trouble. But it started started from the back, from everyone. Like Van Dyke was amazing yesterday. Not just the obvious things, like but the positions he put out a few balls that looked like they looked like nothing. But it was the old virgin in the right place, knew where the ball was coming. Simple header out, but he showed aggression. Gomez, who we all had a go at after the Napoli game, who had a disaster, was fantastic yesterday. Sky gave him man of the match. I wouldn't argue with it. Um, but Millie, like 
even Millie, like the pressure, we all kind of heart dropped a little bit when we've seen Millie there. Like, what a game. Like, what we weren't seeing in the in the last few games was aggression, like you said, from especially Van Dyke. You know, he was yesterday, you could see he was up, you could see he was in the challenge, and it just flowed through the team. And I think uh, the rest has done Robbo good. Robbo was super yesterday. Robbo, ah, man, man, that, that guy is such such an animal. Um, I was slightly disappointed for Simicass not starting because I think he's a better crosser and his corners have been fantastic. I think we miss his corners, but you couldn't take Robbo out of the team after that performance yesterday. Um, like I said to you earlier on, even Mo Salah was in, in argument and pushing lads. That was the aggression we had in us yesterday. Um, man to man, great. everyone, everyone from start to finish. And I think it was great. Go Even on. things like someone said to me, Thiago wasn't great yesterday. And I went, what? Oh, he didn't do any world-class passes or slip anyone through. I said, but the control midfield, like, just because he doesn't do a world-class pass 10 times in the game doesn't mean he's not playing well. I thought he neither, fab- neither did fabulous De Bruyne. Yeah, the, and De Bruyne didn't play, didn't play fantastic, but he wasn't left play either. Like, you know, like, it was, that, that did, that's yeah. the point. Yeah, no. yeah uh, the thing with Thiago, his role yesterday, you could see it quite clearly. He was under the instruction, along with Jota, to block the passing lanes to yes. Kevin De Bruyne. He did it brilliantly, time and time again. And you can say to your uh, friend, whoever it was, who um, slandered Thiago by saying he didn't have a good game, he, he, he had four tackles. It was the second most in the team. Two interceptions and one blocked shot as well. Defensively, he was excellent. excellent. Passing-wise, um, your friend's got a point because he only had 81% passing accuracy, which for Thiago is... <laughs> is low because he normally gets at least 85 percent um so that's true that is low but uh the way that he blocked the passing lanes won't won't, won't show up in any stats uh that yes. i can get that i can access anyway and it's uh it, i thought it was absolutely superb his uh and his calmness as well he was calm throughout um Absolutely. but the way they attacked if you if you look at the stats it's it's uh the action areas that they put on um on whoscored.com they tell you you know how a team attacks and let me just try and find it again because uh you've got too many windows open hang on uh where is it here uh yeah uh they they had man city had 49 percent attacking down their left nigel 49 percent of the entire game was was down their left uh obviously I mean, that was compared to 30% on the right side and 21% through the middle. They were obviously targeting the Milner-Gomez, um, you know, double uh, double whammy there. But it was it was double jeopardy. It was double, it was double trouble. It was double dragon. I don't know if you remember that video game with uh, people just walking through the streets uh, and you basically kick people and punch people into oblivion. Uh, that's who it reminded me of. Double Dragon, Millian Gomez. How impressed were you, Nigel, with the, those two guys who who have been under so much uh, criticism? Uh, you know, the the burning spotlight, um, and they were just beautiful. They would tap dance their way out in a beautifully choreographed Double Dragon move. They answered the questions yesterday. They, they were, their attitude, their ability was questioned. Milner gets questioned weekly every time he's playing. If he comes on for two minutes, if he comes on for ten seconds, his ability gets questioned because he's James Milner. But he went out yesterday again and didn't let us down. Gomez looked back to his absolute best. He was really, really good yesterday. I mean, he was. He had. A, he's had a, a torrid couple of months. 
the Napoli game and a couple of others. He's been, he, I mean, he had some bad games, but yesterday he was fabulous. I would have given Robbo my man of the match yesterday. I thought his aggression was fantastic. He's, he really set a tone for us yesterday with his aggression. Uh, I like Simicast, but he ain't got Robbo's aggression. That's the one thing I do. His crossing might be better sometimes, Simicast. But Robbo's aggression is so vital to our team. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's fantastic to have Simicast there as well, that we can rest well, Robbo. Yeah, I agree we've, with two, we've two great players there now, haven't we? Absolutely. I agree with you totally, Alan. Yeah, totally agree. Just back to a couple of stats again yesterday. Um, I was watching some um, some programs on YouTube and all, and they said uh, Virgil van Dijk has played 69 games at Anfield and not lost. I was getting to that one. It's unbelievable. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. uh, Mo in the Premier League stats is seven goals behind Robbie Fowler. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. We asked Robbie about it yesterday, and uh, he said that he's going to pass me, he said, and I couldn't be happier, basically, is what he said. It's just I'm only there kind of holding for the next person to come, and it's it's great that he's he's coming up and it's it's in, it's in a lot less games. It's absolutely yeah. I've got I've, I've got I've got the stats in front of me. Yes, this is so. This is all-time league goal scorers for Liverpool. Robbie Fowler had 128 league goals in 266 appearances at a games to goals ratio of 2.08. Uh, so 2.08 games for every goal. Uh, Mohamed Salah, 121 goals, as you say, seven behind Robbie Fowler. Mo Salah's on 121 in just 189 appearances compared to 266 for Fowler. So uh, he's basically played 15,700 minutes, Mo Salah, and Robbie Fowler played 20,305. So, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom line is Mo Salah his games to goals ratio is 1.56, which is utterly mad. And it's the second best in our history, uh, because again, I looked at the historical games to goals ratio, um, and it's only better by Gordon Hodgson, who had 241 goals and 377 appearances at a games to goals ratio of 1.56 in all competitions. And in all competitions, Mo Salah in all competitions is 1.62. The difference, of course, between Hodgson and Gordon Hodgson and uh, Mohamed Salah is Salah plays more on the wing. You know, he's more of an inside forward. Uh, You know, he gets all the assists as well compared to Hodgson, who was just a killer up front. So, you know, it's it's truly mind-blowing. And that, that turn on Cancelo uh, for the goal. Pep dropped to his knees. I immediately had my arms in the air. The bar I was in, everyone was jumping up, going absolutely bananas. Uh, it's it's. We've mentioned it before. De- Dayan Lovren on Twitter talked about how he's 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 his mentality is like a beast, but it's the physicality as well, and it's his his awareness of space that he can use this upper body strength to turn and make it look so easy uh, that I think that's why Mo Salah was my man of the match yesterday. I understand the Robbo shout is a great shout, but Mo Salah, I don't think we can take the guy for granted. I, I just think he was absolutely sublime. I'm not suggesting you are taking him for granted, but I just want to underline how much joy um, this man this man gives us well you know looking at it again there a couple of times last night i don't think anybody's been spun like spun like that since pete burns it was incredible <laughs> well, um, yeah, totally. totally um 
Yeah, very good. Exactly. Not since the, you know, I don't know, not since the, the lettuce in my salad spinner uh, yesterday. Um, uh, Alison, more stats for you. Um, Man City uh, have lost a Premier League away game for the first time since August 2021 against Spurs. So we ended what was the biggest unbeaten away run in their league history, which is 22 games. Uh, and it was the fourth longest unbeaten away run in Premier League history. So we ruined that record for them. We also helped Arsenal out uh, by, uh, you know, making sure they hold on to their invincibles uh, tag. So we helped Arsenal out. We also helped them out because they're four points ahead. In terms of the league title and, the you know, the actual title race, um, it's a two-horse race, presumably, although Spurs have an equal record to... To, to Man City now, 1-7, drawn two, lost one. Um, but let's assume that it, City and Arsenal are, are are in a title race compared to anyone else. I don't know. What do you reckon to the to the title? What what, what ramifications uh, does this have for the for the title? Um, I I, I I don't think Arsenal are going to win the title. Um, just just for the sake that they're not they're not used to it. They haven't had a bad run yet. Um, you know, we've seen them in the last year or two went against a position of finishing third or fourth, they, they fluff it. So they're having a great start. They're playing well. Um, I'm happy for them, especially for my sister, Olive. Hello, Olive. Um, but um, I don't see them being contenders. I think, you know, second, maybe third for them. City, as we know, been there, done it so many times. They're not going to go away easy. Um, even though we got ourselves back into top four contention massively yesterday. Uh, one swallow doesn't make a summer. So, um, you know, we have to be realistic. But I do think that could be a, a big turning point for us yesterday to cement top four and not get carried away with it. Um, you know, we've West Ham coming Wednesday night, I think, is it? Like West Ham, I've not yeah. easily bet. But no, I don't see Arsenal being there at the end. I think a couple of injuries, um, bad run of form. Um, the only good thing I will say about Arsenal, uh, I, I didn't watch much of that Netflix TV programme, but I did see the one where um, I think we all seen it where Arteta said there's only one place he ever lost it when that was in Anfield. Uh, I think he passed that on to Pep was this a couple of times Pep has lost it in Anfield. So I thank him for that. Um, but yeah, no, I don't see Arsenal being there at the end. OK, OK. What about you, Nigel? I'd be, I'd be curious to know your, your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, for, can Arsenal, you know, keep keep it up? I, th- I, I, I tend to agree with, with Alan um, because, but I think if, if they avoid injuries, I think they could do it. I do. I think they're good enough if they can avoid injuries to keep key players. Am I alone in this, or are you with Alan and you? You, you really think they're going to definitely fall off? Yeah, they're going to fall off. They're, they're not good enough. Simple as that. Um, too many. They, they haven't played anybody. They beat us three two, and we were brutal. They had a referee on their side. We were absolutely diabolical. We gave away a couple uh, a couple of goals. Like they had an offside which wasn't uh, wasn't got. We should have had a penalty. They got a penalty that wasn't. Um, we were really really poor in the day, and they barely beat us. I don't think they're any good. I, I don't think they're. Uh, we'll see what happens when this up to this break, this World Cup break, which is another farce. Um, but they got one or two injuries. They're absolutely not, not a hope, no way. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, what about what about for us? I mean, um, oh, actually, before before I ask about about us, I want to go through a couple of comments because uh, Gary's in the chat, which is great. Uh, thanks, Gary, uh, for for joining us. Uh, just bring up the the comments here. He says, uh, uh, "Tally ho, 
Uh, the Magray is being gorged and the Rosé guzzled. A great win. Virgil has Holland's footsteps and his dad in his pocket, which is a beautifully well-crafted comment. Thank you, Gary. And um, Doug, Doug from the dugout repeats uh, that uh, Alisson has made the most assists as a goalkeeper in the Premier League era. OK, so it's not just since 2018. He clarified that. Thanks, Doug. And, more assist uh, than Grealish. More assist than Grealish, yeah, probably. Uh, really really last night. It's true, is it? Yeah, two to one. That's Three hilarious. to one. Yeah, really good. Three to one, yeah, okay. Man, 100 million Jack Grealish. Um, but I just think psychologically that, psychologically, that could be a huge blow. Maybe we can hope for Man City, maybe. Or maybe it'll be a kick up the arse and then they'll just win the next 18. You never know with them. Um but in terms of our chances, uh, Nigel, for, for top four, uh, which is realistically what we're going for, um, in the standings, we're in eighth. We're, uh, you know, 13 points now um, after nine games, uh, whereas Chelsea are on 19 points after nine games. They've won their last four matches. Graham Potter looks like he's, uh, you know, working his magic. You know, he's doing really well at Chelsea. Uh, Tottenham, they've won uh, their last two. Uh, they're also, you know, looking looking solid enough. So that top four at the moment, you've got Arsenal on 27 points, City and Tottenham on 23, Chelsea on 19 with a game in hand on the others who have played 10. Um, so realistically, let's say, for example, you know, we, we're just, you know, well, there's no for example, we're six points behind fourth having played the same amount of games as Chelsea so we're going to need to go on a run I mean Newcastle are doing well Man United are doing well and and Brighton um are not doing so well so Brighton will fall off but Man United Newcastle Chelsea Liverpool Tottenham are all in the race for third and fourth how difficult is it going to be Nigel uh I think if we can keep players fit and keep our first team squad, it's it's going to be that same old mentality again. One game at a time. One game at a time. Just keep going and going and going. We've got West Ham on Wednesday. Beat them. We've got Nottingham Forest on Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Hopefully we can beat them. If we can get rolling, get on a run, get the confidence back. We haven't. That's the best we've played this season. That's about. That's the, about, about no. That's not about. It, it is. It's the only time we've reached our level from the last two years this season. It's the only game we've reached our level so far this season. We've got to start doing it regularly again. If we do, we'll get we'll get top four at least. Bournemouth though, Bournemouth was good. That was our level, even though they were they were awful. Yeah, um, we scored we scored early and their heads went, and that was that. Well, I think we can still do that to teams though, and yeah. I think I thought I thought we were good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Rangers seven one that helped the six goals yeah. in the second yeah. second half clearly helped. But I totally agree. I mean. It reminded uh, Shornak in our in our WhatsApp chat. Uh, it reminded him of the victories in the nineties and and two uh, thousands, where we would we were by far the underdog before kickoff uh, against uh, you know a more expensive team in better form. But we you know we really dug in and you know got a great result, um, which is very true. Uh, no team has won more matches than Liverpool in the Premier League era against the team um, who was top of the league, uh, which is another stat. But if you look historically, 
uh, at those eras, the 99s, sorry, the 1990s and 2000s, we did it too often where we'd play a fabulous match and then drop off again. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's the big fear, isn't it, Alan? Yes. Um, yeah, like I said already, one swallow doesn't make a summer as the old saying goes, but yesterday's performance, I uh, agree with Nigel, it was the first time we've seen that Liverpool that we know. But I was... Said I was expecting that, yes. I was really expecting that. The the thing is not to get carried away with it. We still we can go on a run. If anybody can go on a run, we can. Um, we can, you know, say Arsenal or other teams can drop off. The thing is, um, we but we all know we've been saying it the last few weeks. Our midfield needs strengthening, so we still need that. We, we don't get carried away too much. If we can bring in a good midfielder or two in January, um, to support what we have as well like you know because now controversial here it, that was our best performance yesterday by our team this season and henderson wasn't in the team that's my opinion um i agree you know, you, you know and i know you 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 were a big henderson fan before Owen, and but you have you know noticed him as well over the last season or two now i don't know if you have the stats there i should have texted you but i, I looked at the last 15 minutes of the match there today on, on Liverpool FC um, in between doing a few things and I think Henderson got four touches of the ball yesterday uh, by my reckoning one was a shot from outside the box he was only on a few minutes and went a mile over he two of them loop passes that we see him do this year that went nowhere and he had one great clearance out of the box um, so you know for me Henderson is the new Milner he comes in for 15-20 minutes at the end of the games but that performance yesterday, Thiago was back to his best. Fabinho was a beast yesterday. You know, the nickname the Hoover was back yesterday. Um, so we need two more midfielders to come in. Just like to say, um, back up what Alan said there. Um, I'd just like to say Harvey Elliott had his best game for Liverpool yesterday. I was Absolutely. gonna get on to Harvey Elliott. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And but but before but before we before we talk about Harvey Elliott, just to just to give you what, what who scored says about, about Henderson's stats. Yeah. Um he actually had nine touches according to who scored. He had one shot, yeah, wildly over the bar. Uh one key pass in those in those nine. Uh, touches which is kind of fun uh and uh yeah also two interceptions so yeah i mean an effective play he came on in the 72nd minute and if an effective player for the last 18 minutes but yes, yes i totally yeah. agree this season he's he's done well you can add those uh you know maybe 10 10 of those 20 minutes into into a good performance i, I reckon he's done well for about 40 minutes of the entire season um, unfortunately, he, he he's had a really, really tough time. And I hope he turns it around, but he just hasn't been good enough this year, unfortunately, which is uh, which yeah. is un unfortunate. Uh -huh. and it's, like, it's the same as you, I hope he turns it around, but I just see him as that 15, 20-minute player now. You know, yeah, you know, those, yeah. I, think was, I think it was Doug's channel yesterday. I, I was driving home, listening in the car, and I think someone was texting in that Hendo changed the game. Like, and I was thinking, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> he changed uh, the game? Change the game when he came on. I think it was something like that. Doug quickly read over the, no. the comment. No. Like, okay, but, uh, well, uh, I did see it on uh, on uh, Twitter as well. People said, "Oh, Henderson, come on and change his game." Like, what, what did he change it to rugby? But anyway, you know, on the positive <laughs> side, like you know, it was you know, I'm not never was Henderson's greatest fan, as everybody knows. But you know, I just thought it was just a, a big point to, to point out that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he did okay yesterday coming on as a sub, but yeah, I mean, I think we need five midfielders, Nigel. I've counted. Uh, we need five because I want to. I want to get replacements for Henderson and Milner. Uh, I want to replace Jeannie Vinealdum, um, Naby Keita, and Oxley Chamberlain. Um, another thing I've done, we've been away for a while on Copper, but uh, you know, it's not as if I haven't been doing my my usual like uh, geeky look into the stats and 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 things. And and one thing I noticed was our our average age, or not even sorry, not even our average age, the actual ages of our squad. Because um, for me, uh, between twenty three and twenty seven years old is when uh, midfielders get into their prime. I, I don't buy it when it, that it's between 27 and 30. For me, it's it's a little bit earlier than that, given the pace of the Premier League. And between that age bracket, Liverpool have two midfielders, Naby Keita and Arthur Mello, who is unfortunately unlikely to, to feature for us at all. So this is, this is a worry. This is a concern. And we're going to have to address it. I mean, I, I very much doubt that Klopp agrees with me that we need five midfielders. But how many do you think we need, Nigel? Yeah, it's a squad game now. Um, we have a young guy on the bench there. I've said this before on here. Stefan Bajetic. Mm -hmm. He looks a really, really good player. Um, he's He actually seems to be getting in the, in the match day squad for us a lot, which kind of limits his time playing with the underage teams. Um, which might not be a great thing, but I think he could he could do a thing. I agree with Alan totally. Um, big fan of Henderson, but the legs may have gone slightly. Um, I just think that 15, 20 minutes, come on to try and see a game out, could be his role. And I think he could do it very well. Always been a big fan, I have to say, because he, in his first couple of years, he was play, played out of position because Stephen Gerrard was still there and they stuck him out in the wing and people were giving out saying, oh, he's no good, he's not good enough. And I used to be saying to them, put him in the middle. When he went in the middle, we saw the best of us. But that might be just slightly gone over the hill now, unfortunately. I think he's been very good for us. He's done really well. But uh, I'm thinking 15, 20 minute player now at the moment. We need, yeah, we do, we need extra midfield players. We definitely do. We need at least five. I would go totally along with that. Um, at least five. Okay. At least five. Like if you've got, if, you have, if you've got Thiago, you've got Carvalho, you've got Elliot. Well, oh, actually, I thought Carvalho played all right yesterday when he came on as well. But they're not Thiago. wingers, Carvalho and Elliot. You can't. Uh, sorry, they're not midfielders. They're 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 more wingers and attacking players. No, yeah. you can't count yeah, them maybe, as eight. Maybe so, but you, you could count them maybe as kind of maybe wide midfield players. You could they could mm -hmm. do a job like, like in a four four two hard, perhaps. Hard, hard, hard yeah. kind of tucked in there yesterday into the left hand side. Yeah. I midfield and did quite well. Mm -hmm. Carvalho That's might true. need a little bit more time to do it. Mm -hmm. But I thought I thought Elliot had his best game for Liverpool yesterday. Um as far as central midfielder goes, we need we need two more. I think we definitely need two more central midfielders. I think we're, but that's what I'm saying. Five, you know, we need five yeah. uh, central midfielders. Well, uh, you, know, okay, right. you want actually five central midfielders, right? I, I, right, I, I'm slightly mis, mis, misconstrued that, but no, yeah, because okay, okay. we're fine. Yeah, we're fine I can't, for the one. I can't disagree uh -huh. with that. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I you know, just to have just to have you know a lot of depth. I mean, let me know what you think in the in the comments and things as well. Um, Alan, what's your opinion? I mean, just on on Jordan Henderson, for example, it's it's always his progressive passes that that are his his greatest attribute, right? He's in the ninety fourth percentile with six point two six progressive passes per ninety, which is really really good. But in all of the other stats, like for example, his past completion, he's only in the 59th percentile. 
you know, is actually non-penalty goals. He's less than 50%. He's almost never scores. Um, his XG is bad. He, just, he doesn't get into shooting positions all that much, which is fine. That's a tactical thing. It's not his, his role. But his role involves tackling, and he's in the 10th percentile for tackling, which is awful. 90% of midfielders in the top five European leagues are better than Jordan Henson at tackling. His pressing is very bad in the 20th percentile. Interceptions, the 41st percentile. Blocks, the 14th percentile. Clearances, the 11th percentile. This is compared to midfielders in all around Europe. So it, it's just, you know, I really love Jordan Henderson. I don't even like him. I love the guy because he's been a wonderful captain. But the cold, hard truth of the matter is that there are just a lot better midfielders out there that we need. So I don't know. You could you could talk about Henderson or you could talk about Elliot and, and the positives because he really did. He, he did a lot better defensively yesterday as well. Yeah, I'll talk about both if you don't mind. Um, Go for it. Well, like, with Henderson, with them stats you just read out there, even people that love Henderson, like yourself uh, and Nigel, will listen to them stats and go, yeah, okay, yeah, he's he's on the decline. But passion in us fans, some fans just love our player and that's it. Um, like for me, Henderson was the, I've said this before, he was the Ray Parler of Arsenal a few years ago. Ray <laughs> Parler did all the running in that fantastic team. He was the one with the engine running, tackling, running, tackling, running, tackling. And to me, that's what Jordan was for the last couple of years. And with the last, say, beginning of the last season, I thought his legs were gone. And I think the stats are starting to show that. As I said, he's a wonderful player. He's won absolutely everything that can be won. Um, he's played all across the park for us. He's done everything. So I'm not, I hate when some fans think it's either love someone or you hate someone. It's not. I'm not against Henderson. I don't hate him. I love the man. But his time is up as a 90-minute player for me. Uh, as for Harvey Elliott, he had a fantastic game yesterday. That chap, that chap is maturing with every game. Like some of the criticism of him this year was that he's great going forward, but he wasn't great at covering back. Well, yesterday he did everything. So there's huge positives out of the game yesterday. Like everything was positive. Every single player in that pitch was positive. But to see a young young kid, and he is still a young kid, like Harvey Elliott, mature so much and care so much i love the fact that he cares so much and uh you can see that all the players around him you can see mo salah celebrating harvey's goal against rangers the other night he celebrated more than he did his own mm -hmm. you know it was just Beautiful fantastic yeah. yeah and that's another stat i think actually on isn't it uh is that mo scored his quickest hat-trick in the champions league history he did indeed. six minutes yeah so, six um, minutes and 12 seconds or something yes absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. brilliant and, absolutely wonderful yeah and like harvey is just harvey in two years time what's he going to be like you know the way he's maturing the love for the club you know he's he's a fan carvalho going to be a great player just going to take a little bit of time as well um i suppose the one thing we didn't touch on yet was um uh darwin's wasteful Oh, yeah, but hang on, hang on. Before yeah. we get on to Nunes, I just want to say a couple of things about, about Harvey Elliott. He, he had the highest passing accuracy of any player in our team with 85.2%, which is uh, absolutely magnificent performance. Um, he only had 36 touches of the, of the ball, but uh, they were all, you know, I don't know. In dangerous positions, he was he, he kept uh, you know his tactical um, positioning and defence was was very good as part of the sort of four two three one shape we had. He was blocking all the passing lanes again. He was 
harrying and uh, harassing the city um, players. Um, Gary in the chat says that Harvey uh, put in a stiff challenge uh, early on, which really helped yes. uh, us set the tempo. And uh, it, it really did. It really did. Uh, Harvey edit two shots, one key pass, 85.2% passing accuracy. Uh, defensively, he had one clearance. Um, but it's, you know, what will he be next year? What will he be when he's 23 as well as what I'm as what I'm looking forward to in four four or five years time i think he's going to be a rip roarer uh speaking of 23 darwin nunez is 23 years old and yeah he, he was wasteful a couple of times because his decision making could have been better he almost got an assist for trent of course it's just a tiny bit too much uh on his pass but i loved his cameo i loved it alan you know like give me yeah. give me give me that kind of cameo any day of the week he was the bulldozer he was the tyrant he was uh you know a predator out there he was he was like a bull in a you know in a in in a one pound shop he was absolutely amazing uh well i mean what did you make of his cameo overall Oh yeah, I I I loved it. I loved his first shot where he was kind of his first involvement, and he moved forward, and there was possible pass on there, but he took the shot and went wide. But I loved that he came on. He had the confidence to attack, have that shot. Um, yes, later on he Mo was open on the far side, and I, I don't know whether it was because Jota was kind of between them and he didn't see the pass, but he should have passed there. That's fair enough. But um, as a cameo is coming on and the amount of times he went down that left side and got past players and stuff he was fantastic it's just a little bit wasteful on the shots but that's the thing he's going to learn you know he came on fired up um yeah it's only one really passed that there was two incidents where he could have passed really i suppose but you know by god was i happy to see him play he's he is going to hit hit the ground soon when he hits the ground there will be no stopping him um and uh, like you said if, if if uh, Trent had got a foot further forward, that would have been a fantastic assist, and we'd be all singing these praises. So I'm not giving out about him, but um, just them tense moments of a few minutes ago, you want that second goal, you're there screaming at the telly past that effing ball. <laughs> what, about well, that, yeah. what about that other little stat that's going around at the moment? Uh, that great uh, World Player of the Year, uh, Gabriel Jesus, with his marvelous five goals, and Darwin has four, and he's the Darwin's getting taken to the cleaners, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. The but that's the thing. I mean, there's 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 the the um, you know, the zeitgeist opinion. There's the herd mentality opinions. Like for example, Trent can't defend. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is the best Brazilian striker out there. Uh, you know, these sort of herd mentality things, it's easy to sort of agree with them and just say, oh, yeah, OK, because it sort of feels like it's right. Bobby Firmino is the best Brazilian striker this season uh, in any league. Um, and and Darwin Nunes, as you say, has done has done really well. I mean, he's played the equivalent of five matches in terms of minutes and he's got four goals and an assist, which you would be very happy with for any kind of striker. Uh, of course, he's had more appearances than that because he's had uh, 10 or 11 appearances. But in terms of minutes played, it's only five matches and and four goals and an assist where he's missed a hell of a lot of chances as well is is magnificent for a new signing. So, yeah, we've got it all to look forward to. Don't believe everything you read. Don't believe uh, everything you 
here either because uh, you know just look it up yourself and form your own opinions as what i would suggest on on darwin starwin nunes um yes uh but there you go and and, and just one last thing because uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna move on uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap this up and you know move on to west ham nottingham forest two of course uh crucial games we you know if we win them both we've really got momentum the season really has started I, i'm not buying it that yesterday was the moment uh you know it's it's something of a turning point only if we back it up with wins against west ham and forest but i just want to i just want to talk about in terms of our play yesterday just how lightning we were on the break because those breaks were so thrilling nigel weren't they they were just wonderful to watch yeah great it looked like the, the, the liverpool holds like that those goals when we scored against city the year we won the title Fabinho's goal, the break from the edge of the box when they were claiming the handball. That was that was actually my goal of the season that year when Fabinho struck that ball in the edge of the box to give us the lead. And then a couple of minutes later, the Trent switched ball to Robbo and Robbo sweet quick cross to Mo in the header. Beautiful. Yeah, it was like that. It was something like the, the couple of moves were like that yesterday. And even the third goal in that game when Henderson crossed the ball from Annie into the far post. You know, it, we looked really, really decent yesterday, I thought. Um that fullback must be having nightmares about Darwin. He terrorised him yesterday, going down the wing. He tore him apart. The guy got booked, and he probably should have been sent off because he got, he had a couple of tackles before that which weren't very good. Um, I just uh, listen. Uh, the guys just need to get back to their to to that week in week out, which we had been doing. And if we do, we'll get top four. I think. I agree. I, I, can't, I can't see it's not. I agree, and I also agree that it depends on injuries. We've got to keep Thiago and Fabinho fit uh, to play that 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 double sort of pivot thing that they're doing at the back with four attackers. I love it. I love the shape. I love the way that we can just uh, chuck it out there as a uh, you know an fu four two four. You know we're going to score more than you four two three one. Uh, see you later kind of thing but uh, no it is Nigel's exactly right Alan we are back we're recognizable we just got to keep it going now yeah exactly and and we're, we're not just back we're back with a few different formations as well which I'm really impressed with you know it's not the 4-3-3 three, three anymore it's you know 4-2-4 four, four, whatever we've different options now that we didn't have before um, I think I heard Jorgen in a, an interview there a while ago saying that it's not the teams have figured out figured us out. It's that um, they've, they've always tried. They've always figured us out in the four-three-three, but they couldn't stop us. But now he says we've adjusted a bit, and you know now they'll have to try and figure us out again. So, so these new new formations that we're able to do, especially with the five subs, like the five subs rule has uh, you know helped us to change formation and stuff. So I'm really positive now. And like Nigel said, next game win it next game win it just go back to that mentality yeah absolutely great stuff thank you very much guys for for joining me today it's been it's been really really nice to talk about you know to talk about a win for once to be all positive about what's what's going on and and the way forward i mean you know i hold my hands up i was surprised i was really surprised yesterday about that you know all of the old magic was there and you know some new magic too and you know it's it's clop 12 Guardiola nine in their head-to-head -head record. Uh, you know, Klopp is by far the greatest manager. In Klopp, we trust. We're moving forward. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks to everyone listening, wherever you are, whoever you are, around the world. Uh, this is Cop on. We're back. Jurgen's back. Liverpool are back. Mo Salah is back. And you better watch out.
Thank you, everybody.